Hey everybody, you are listening to Canary Cry Radio and Razzle Dazzle. I'm your best buddy Basil, and you are not crazy. And this is Gons. Welcome to episode number 173. You know, it's been really rewarding, Gonzo, actually getting back to the, I don't know, the roots of Canary Cry, getting these interviews from the most interesting people in the world. Uh, so far, 2024, jam-packed. I think we've had one pretty much every week, right? I think so. We're doing pretty good that, with it. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of impressive. a sacrifice for news talk, but that's okay. There's plenty plenty of time to talk about all the news, but it, I think it it's important to build back up the arsenal on the radio side because it's sort of the foundation for what we're doing on news talk. So there's that military language again, guns. Ah, um, it's because of Colonel. <laughs> yeah, no, you know it's interesting. Of course, we've uh, some people for years have been saying, "Oh, we miss the radio. We miss Canary Cry Radio. We miss the interviews." But then there's a whole generation of Canarians who, uh, you know, found us kind of after. Uh, our interview phase, which kind of phased out a little bit in 2020. Uh, but I think we're finding a nice balance here. I've not gotten any hate mail or complaining emails about doing interviews. So we hope it's bringing something to everybody's lives here. Um, and I do want to do a quick reminder because we don't always stick this into the Canary Cry Radio interviews, but just a reminder that we are on the value for value model, folks. You'll notice we take no money from corporations, commies, or cartels whatsoever. We uh, sort of felt in our spirits that if we are trying to make some sort of alternative uh, ecosystem, some alternative economy that participating, no matter how alternative we want to be in our media, uh, we cannot truly be independent if we are just replicating the funding structures of the regular media, taking advertisements mostly, but also the idea of premium content, the idea that we would not be putting out our absolute best content for people for free and instead holding hostage the good stuff as some might say also didn't feel quite right to us so we're on the value for value model which is we believe it's a kingdom concept meaning uh you know we create value. We create as much value as we can. We try really hard. We try to do it as often as we can. And if it brings any value to your life, you're invited to produce the show. That's right. You become a producer. And you can do that with your time, your talent, or your treasure. There's lots of ways to get involved and put value back into the community. You can find all of those ways by going to canarycryradio.com support. I'm sorry, that's canarycry.support. Look at that. Years later, I cannot remember the right URL. <laughs> canarycry.support. Uh, and if you're an artist, uh, some, some sort of talented individual, you can go to canarycry.art to upload your art to the show. And uh, we'll love to feature it uh, during the week. But that being said, uh, we are only funded by people who get value and say, hey, I want there to be more shows you're not donating retroactively for the work we've already done but it is uh, a sort of rebel fist in the air for every producer to say yes i am deciding to do my part uh, to make sure that there's more canary cry 
radio in the future. So thank you to all of our producers. Of course, we thank them uh, on Mondays and Wednesdays on our, our live Canary Cry News Talk show. Uh, but uh, I just wanted to put that invite out there as well to the enjoyers of the interviews. And Gans had nothing to say to follow up. So I'll continue. <laughs> uh, sorry, I was supposed to say something. I don't know. You know, we're just doing a podcast. You, you yeah. Know, yeah. Sorry. I got distracted. Got distracted. Okay. Stuff mm -hmm. going on over here. Yeah, yeah. I get it. You just want to get to the interview so badly. I and know. So do I, I. I hear. I want to hear our guests. Yes. And folks, let us know what you think about this interview. Feedback, live feedback from you, the producers, is very important. Do you want to hear more interviews like this? Do you want to, what, what ideas do you have for the future? Remember, this is not an operation in me and Gons doing uh, everything willy nilly. Feedback from you guys is very important, and that can come in the form of ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. So we implore you to do that. Uh, okay, Gans, is there anything else you wanted to say before we get started? I don't think so. I think we should get going. Oh, I will say that in the last episode, I introduced episode 172 as 173. And uh -huh. so, yeah, just, just an acknowledgement of my mistake Nobody, okay. nobody holding me accountable until I hit the publish button. Yeah. That's what I happens. Know. That's the tough part about being mavericks on the edge <laughs> of independent media guns. Nobody's sitting looking over your shoulder or checking your work. Or uh, they so. are and they didn't say anything. NSA guy, yeah, help me out yeah, next time so I don't humiliate myself. Your FBI agent saw you doing it and was like, yes, all is going according to plan. <laughs> he is mistaken 173 for 172. How embarrassing. <laughs> You'll lose all credibility. Oh, gosh. I don't know why your FBI agent sounds like a mad scientist uh, <laughs> or Skeletor or something. Skeletor, but... yeah. <laughs> all, right. all right, everybody. Hope you enjoy this. We hope to hear from you. Uh, let's jump right on in to our interview with uh, two very interesting fellows. We've got Colonel David Giamona and Troy Anderson. You may recognize their names. Uh, they are returning to Canary Cry Radio with an entirely new piece of work that you must consider. You must consider. It's very important in this day and age to keep eyes on what's really important. Let's go. Tomorrow, the Take Our Border Back convoy will make its way to parts of the Arizona and Texas border. Many in the group are referring to themselves as God's Army. God's Army. God's Army. God's, God's Army. God's Army. Well, y'all, it looks like God's Army is in a little trouble. A people calling themselves God's Army. God's Army. God's Army is headed straight to the border to protest the record surge. Today is day three of God's Army's march to the southern border, and we are learning that things have not gone well. God's Army, not to be confused with God's Navy, these adorable ducklings. God's Army. God's Army. God's Army. And this group refers to itself as God's Army. God's army. God's army. God's, God's army. army. God's army. 
or high-stakes corporate office, reports are important documents that help facilitate the logic behind the tasks and assignments to be carried out by the operatives. When it comes to spiritual warfare, the Word of God is a more than sufficient intelligence report to guide our actions and behaviors. Look no further than Ephesians 6 and the outline of the full armor of God as the prime example. In 2024, contextualizing these evergreen biblical truths in the ever-changing chaos we find ourselves in with the re-spiritualization of society through the exponentially growing hyper-techno-modernity can become a challenging task. And that's why we're happy to have our returning guests today, Colonel David Jamona and Pulitzer Prize-winning author Troy Anderson. They're back to discuss their latest book, or a book that's about to come out, Mission in God's Army, Discovering and Completing Your Faith-Filled Assignment. Uh, you may be familiar with Troy. We first met in 2016, I believe. He was on Canary Cry Radio episode number 105 with Paul McGuire to talk about the Babylon Code. And then um, uh, we met uh, Colonel David Jamona in 2019. It was late 2019 at the Hear the Watchman conference. And I did a sit down with David in 2019 and published U.S. Army Colonel with Top Secret Clearance Affirms Scary Tech and Demonic Activity. That was uh, on the, the late Face Like the Sun YouTube channel that went down in 2021. Uh, but before that, in 2020, we had Military Guide to Armageddon with uh, Colonel David and uh, Troy. And, you know, th this is actually something th your return is important for us because it shines a light on our failure as a podcast. We did the interview. We live streamed the interview on the Face Like the Sun channel. We never published the episode on the RSS feed, and that is completely our fault. And so if you're an RSS feed only listener, you may have missed that episode. So for you, you might be, uh, it might be the first time hearing about uh, these two guests here. But hey, Colonel David Jamona and Troy Anderson, welcome back. Thank you for being here. Gons, it's great to be back with you, man. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Good to see you. Good to see you, yeah, Troy. It's, it's, it's great to be on here, Gons. I'd, I'd forgotten that we did that interview back in 2016. So. Yeah. It's incredible. It's been a while. It's been a while. You're like the glue guy. You know, you, you're in there. You brought us Paul McGuire. I think you're going to bring another Paul in a few weeks. Uh, you brought us David here. Uh, so, you know, we're looking forward to this conversation here. And um, we have all the links to all these episodes, uh, even the one that didn't make it to the Canary Cry Radio RSS feed for anyone who wants to catch up on the background of uh, both of you guys. So we just want to jump right in because you guys wrote a book titled Mission in God's Army, Discovering and Completing Your Faith-Filled Assignment. And, you know, <laughs> when Basil and I both looked at the title of the book, it, something immediately jumped out at us. And it's because we do Canary Cry Radio. We're doing at least twice a week, breaking down news and events around the news world. Talk. News talk. Did I say radio? Yeah. News talk. Yeah. Canary Cry News talk. And uh, recently in the news is the phrase God's army. It is all over the place in the context of this 
trucker convoy and the border and all this kind of stuff. We have the Forbes article here. Is the God's Army border convoy with only 50 vehicles in Texas a bust? What to know? And you know, we don't have to get into exactly the situation, but I would like to know if this was an elaborate marketing plan or if this was something else. <laughs> Tell us about God's Army. God's the reason I laugh is because when the, the military guide Armageddon came out, uh, Troy and I were on Newsmax right after the insurrection, January 6th, was it? And yeah. uh, they want to know the same thing. Did you guys plan all this? I said, look, no, <laughs> uh, we didn't. And it's just God's plan and how it all comes together. And, uh, we, you know, we had no idea exactly when the book would come out and how things. But, you know, that's how God puts things together. But, you know, your mission in God's Army was, uh, you know, we worked on it all last year and, you know, prepped it through our publishing company. Now it's on pre-order and Amazon. But here's here's the deal. Uh, when God gets ready to do something like this, he just does it everywhere. It's just our experience in life. And we're real excited to talk about the book today. Uh, there's a lot to, to unpack uh, in the few minutes we have together. Yeah, absolutely. Well, why don't you do that? Let us know uh, what is this book about? What place does it hold in uh, the culture today? What does it address? And who should be heading to Amazon to uh, get their pre-order in? Yeah, I think everybody ought to be running to pre-order right now because this book is really a God-given book for a lot of reasons. But the most important reason is there is fear that's rampant around the world. Uh, fear of everything. Nuclear war, we were just talking before the show, you know, Trump and many others are talking about we're on the brink of World War III. I personally think we are. Uh, if you look at the handwriting on the wall and then the, maybe the new virus coming out in 2025 and, you know, AI, you name it, all the things that people are afraid of. And lots of people are asking Troy and I, well, what do we do? I mean, what do we just hide and run? Do we, uh, you know, head to the hills and, you know, dig underground and, you know, get our ammo and guns out and all that stuff? But the first priority we ought to do is understand the times we're living in and what God is requiring us to do. That's the reason we wrote the book, Your Assignment. And what people don't realize is for four years, I was the assignments officer gone for the U.S. Army Chaplaincy Corps. So I had 1,700 chaplains. I was assigning every day of the year, 365 days a year, I'd have, you know, assignments process going on. And I understand the assignments. God's assignment for us in these end times is not to hide, not, not to stack arms, as we call it in the military, to, you know, to run away, hide, do all that. No, he wants us to understand that he has a place for all of us. We were born to this planet. We have a mission that God has called each one of us to do. It clearly says that throughout the entire Bible, and we'll look at some scriptures here in a moment. But clearly talking about that God has a place. He created Adam and Eve in the garden in Genesis. So they had a place to multiply and be fruitful. And through the years, Moses, Abraham, Isaac, <laughs> Jacob, all those people all had assignments. And guess what? God's guns. And basically, you guys have an assignment. Troy and I have an assignment. Everybody listening to me, God has created you for purpose, for purpose, for an assignment. 
to fulfill the kingdom of God's rule in this life and not to be afraid because the Bible says clearly, if God is for us, who can be against us? I'll stop right there. No, I love that. That's so great. And, you know, concerning all the fear going on in the world, it's interesting because it used to be that just this weird podcasters on the fringes of the Internet were the ones talking about World War Three. AI, civil war, all these strange things, but it has become the purview of the mainstream legacy corporate news media to perpetuate all sorts of these stories. I mean, headlines, including things like World War Three, civil war, uh, the AI apocalypse, all, you know, everything. And so as we know, as everybody who listens to this show knows, the media they always have a purpose for what's going on. There is something going on behind the scenes that requires to, you know, requires this elevated uh, alert alarmism throughout the population, not just of the United States, but of the whole, uh, the whole world. And, you know, what it seems to be for those uh, who have, eyes to see and ears to hear, it seems to be despair is the goal. Despair being, uh, you know, fear without hope, uh, that there's nothing you can do. You're too small to change anything. These are powers and forces that are working. They're uh, on a much bigger pay rate than you. You have, uh, you have no role in what's coming. All you can do is brace yourself, even from the mainstream media, talking about how people who have never prepped before are becoming preppers and Costco is selling, you know, your prepper food and everybody get ready, even all the way over to the UK and Sweden, warning their people like, hey, conscription is going to start. It is full spectrum dominance as far as a fifth generation warfare is concerned for the minds and the spirits of people uh, across the world. But of course we know that our calling is not to uh, align our spirits and align our uh, plans or ideas with the mainstream legacy media. That is obviously not what we want to do, but we got people, every one of us, wondering, well, they want us to despair, but what else is there to do? And it's been interesting to see even, quote-unquote, secular uh influencers and you know analysts and stuff like this they've started talking in the the vocabulary of a spiritual war i mean this this recognition from top to bottom that there is a spiritual war going on uh and it's really astounding honestly that it's made such a an impact on the broader alternative media landscape but it sounds like this book is at the right place at the right time to present an alternative to the secular news despair that we are supposed to be wallowing in. And I think that somebody might think that's a threat. You can't have all these Christians and even non-Christians becoming Christians and realizing they're in a spiritual war and they have a role to play in the future of humanity. That sounds like a very dangerous idea, you two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Troy. Troy and I have discussed this a lot. Troy, your thoughts on it as well? Yeah, but basically, I think you hit it on the head. You know, so I've, I've been a, a journalist for three decades, 
And, you know, as, as we've all seen now, you know, the media has been weaponized as a, a you know, a tool for brainwashing and propaganda and psyops and all kinds of things like that. So, I mean, the, the key thing we see going on is we have this presidential election coming up in, in November. And so, I mean, who knows what might happen this year? We saw what happened last time around. So the, you know, the powers that be are preparing us, like, like you say, they're trying to, you know, convey this sense that the, there's nothing you can do. It's hopeless. But, you know, if, if you look at the Bible, you know, it, it's during great times of crisis that, you know, God is calling people to, to step up and, and be, you know, um, join God's army. That, that's why we wrote this book is to encourage people, inspire people. This is an exciting time to be a believer. Only God knows when all these things are going to unfold. But we certainly see a lot of things happening. So, you know, I, I want to encourage people, you know, share your faith, you know, read, read the Bible, draw close to God, you know, drawing close to the Lord is the, is the key. Um, he talks, the Psalm talks about, you know, under, being under the shadow of his wing, under his protection, you know, walking in the supernatural power, protection and provision of the Holy Spirit and, and find, you know, ask God to show you your mission, show him your assignment. You know, only a very small percentage of Christians share their faith anymore. And if more people shared their faith, you know, we could, you know, help fulfill what Jesus' last instruction to his disciples was, was to take the gospel to all the world. That You know, we have the message of hope. We have the message of salvation. God, you know, intervenes miraculously in our lives on a routine basis. And this is the hope of the world that Jesus ultimately is going to come back. And so what, what are you going to do with the time you have left here? Do we have, you know, a couple of years? Do we have 10 years? Do we have 20 years? You know, it's, it's time to find your mission in, in God's army. You know, and again, that phrase, God's army, it's been so interesting in recent current events to see God's army popping up in so many headlines. I think you're right. The timing of this is incredible. And one thing that really bugged me and continues to bug me about the coverage of the Take Back Our Borders uh, convoy is this idea that it is called God's army. They are making it a proper noun, the God's army convoy. And this stems from uh, some interviews with the leaders of the convoy who said, hey, we're God's army. This is we're, this is a spiritual warfare, which anybody within Christianity knows that really what he was saying was not that we are naming this convoy God's army that is not the proper noun to represent this one movement that we are you know making is it more or less speak, speaking sort of Christianese which is you know we're all God's army uh, and and God has plans for uh, victory on his earth it's not a registered non-profit organization or whatever God God's army. Um, and I think it's so particular how they latched on and applied this title, God's army, to this convoy. And it has been really just eviscerating to watch uh, the opportunity that that presents the media uh, to frame Christians as enemies of the state. I mean, just to look at some of these some of these headlines, there's uh, USA Today, goofy God's army convoy on Texas border shows Trump's MAGA movement is just one long con uh, in the God's army border convoy with only 50 vehicles, a bust, a pastor. This is from MSNBC headline. A, I'm a pastor headed to the southern border to challenge the so-called God's army. This 
marketing ploy, basically, of the media to label the God's Army Convoy as a proper noun has... The timing with your book is incredible. Obviously, I think it's a uh, a clue that they see, or if not they as humans, the principalities and powers that are making those decisions, see this book as a threat to the messaging of the mainstream media. But also, there's a lot of people who... Th- who don't understand the concept of what God's army is, what, uh, you know, how is it defined in a spiritual sense when they say, when they are saying God's army incorrectly as a proper noun name of a, of an organization. Tell us, give us a little rundown for those who might not know, perhaps there is a, you know, a non-believer or someone not versed in Christianese or anything like that. How would you describe what God's army is, especially in the context of your book? Well, that's a great question. And um, having been in the army myself for 32 years and to the rank of colonel, I think I can speak with authority about it. And it's not a Texas uh, outfit convoy. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, maybe part of it, but, you know, first of all, for those who are not in the know and those listeners, the Bible of all things that can, you can label it is a book of war. Uh, from Genesis to Revelation, you read through it and it is all about war. Um, and of the 6,000 years of human history that's recorded, only 268 years of that have been in peace. The rest of it, we've been at war, whether physical war or spiritual warfare. But, uh, you know, God is labeled, uh, his name in the Old Testament especially, is the commander of the heavenly army, the commander of God's forces. Um, when he's talking to Joshua, when he's talking to Moses, you know, uh, and sometimes he's named the angel of God's army, but he's actually Yahweh in the in the Hebrew, and it's God. And so... Uh, in the book of Revelation, especially when it comes down to the end and you hear, everybody hears what Armageddon is. Most people don't realize what actually Armageddon is all about. It is the end times army that God has placed together. He's coming in, in, in you look in Revelation 19, 20 um, and verses throughout the book of Revelation. Um, I was in the Valley of Armageddon. It's called Megiddo in Israel. And there is a large valley there that have been wars have been fought over the centuries. And over the centuries, uh, as you uh, look at the, all the wars fought there, uh, Israel's a crossroad. But in the end times, in the book of Revelation, as I, I just mentioned, um, Jesus is going to come back on a white horse. Uh, I think it's in, in chapter 19, if I, if I remember correctly. And uh, on that white horse, he's followed by the uh, white the we're dressed in white and we're on white horses following the Lord where he comes and destroys the Antichrist and the forces of evil. That's God's army. We are going to be in it in the future. And so, um, but through the centuries, God has always had a military bent on everything he's talked about. Even Jesus talked about the destruction of Jerusalem and in 40 AD, and it was destroyed in 70 by the Roman legions, and on and on it goes. We're part of a group, not with guns and ammo, with spiritual weapons, as you said in Ephesians chapter 6. 
let me relate something that happened in World War II under George Patton. Most people know who George Patton is. He's a very famous general who really led the U.S. Army forces against Hitler and won the day in World War II and in the 19, early 1940s. Patton asked his chaplain and Monsignor, a Catholic priest, to pen out a prayer. And in that prayer, Patton says this, I want you to pray. I pray in the war, pray in the battlefield, pray while you're driving, pray while you're in the foxhole, pray for good weather, pray for the destruction of our enemies. I mean, on and on it goes, pray all the time. And so when you are in God's army, it's about one thing, using our weapons. And one of those weapons is prayer. We should be praying all the time. And your assignment, by the way, is to pray every moment, every day, from now until the Christ comes back. So that's just a piece of what's in the book, but excited to share all of that with you at, th at this time. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's the thing. We've seen this uh, growing sentiment being weaponized in the media uh, of Christian nationalism, uh, uh, militia movements, things like this, uh, Christian terms, biblical terms being taken in a sort of, uh, guns and ammo sort of context. And I think it's something that uh, I don't know exactly how, I mean, the, the fact is it's that the message is never going to get across in the media that, you know, you're, we're talking about spiritual warfare. Uh, when you talk about spiritual warfare, it is not some sort of physical violent crusade in the in the sort of modern uh, violent sense, but it is nonetheless uh, as a spiritual war and a spiritual army, uh, the, the um, uh, consequences can be even greater. I mean, that's the, that's the most, uh, what's the word? That's, that's, I mean, that is such a powerful bit um, right. of the God's army concept and the biblical concepts you're talking about that the media is hamstringing and weaponizing against yeah. people who, you know, would be Bible believing people. Well, let me clarify something, Basil and Gonson. Um, just the, when we talk about the Bible as a book of war, yeah, there are physical wars throughout the Bible, but the spiritual warfare that we outlined in military guide to Armageddon, it's all about one thing. When Satan fell out of heaven, was thrown out of, cast out of heaven by God, he took a third of the angels with him. Ever since that time until now, there's been spiritual warfare. Satan is trying to overcome God. And you can see it even now in the headlines, you know, Satan is trying to destroy Israel. And if you look in the Bible, especially Jerusalem, it's the apple of God's eye. It's the, where everything is centered in the entire world. So if you want to know what's really going on in the world, just look to Jerusalem. And I spent a month there a few years ago before COVID. But the spiritual warfare is this. Satan doesn't want God's plan to go forward. And Jerusalem and Israel is a big part of that. If he can destroy Israel, if he can destroy the Jews, then he can destroy God's plan, which he's not going to be able to do that. But you know, the spiritual warfare is even deeper. It's for a man's soul. There are people listening here who are not believers and maybe not Christians. Your soul is at stake right now. Satan wants it for his kingdom, and God is calling your, you and your soul, 
your person, the real person, the real you, into his kingdom through Jesus Christ. So you'll confess right now that Jesus Christ is the Lord. You say it in your heart, believe it with your mouth that he is Lord, you will be saved. That's according to, you know, Romans chapter 10. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. And it's it cannot be stressed enough for uh, anybody listening. And it's become so apparent that, like I said, even... Uh, those who consider themselves secular or are considered secular as far as online personalities and different analysts and uh, those types, they they themselves cannot deny that there is something spiritual going on. That's that's the purpose of the demoralization. You know, there is uh, there are things that happen in the world uh, that people do that are intentional uh, plans carried out uh, that are specifically made to demoralize people and with enough demoralization it's become apparent to everybody that i've listened to and talked to uh that there is something more than just what meets the eye going on so that's that's kind of step one for anybody who is looking for the answers and how to respond to everything going on in the world and unfortunately you know there will be plays put on yeah. there will be performances put on in the media that uh will try to convince people that um you know this is not spiritual and that this is something where physical violence is the only answer and that's kind of the terrifying part about it yeah and i'll add to that the you know you were talking about the media basil and how they're never going to share the truths about how we are defining God's army here in this conversation. And it, it aligns with something that I've been looking at for a while. I think it was episode yeah, 159 of Canary Cry Radio, uh, middle of last year, the truth about Christian nationalism. And in it, I basically argued that while there is a genuine form of Christian nationalism, in a sense, the the bigger play, as far as what I can tell, is to create the sentiment here that Christians, Bible believers, are terrorists. And you know, to your point, Colonel David, that it, basically that they are enemies of the system and everything else. And of course, that's not going to necessarily be uh, you know explained in the media. And I'm curious though about your your thoughts on fifth generation warfare, because it's something that we've latched onto Basil and I in news talk for the last, I don't know, maybe six months to a year. And it's the concept of, Hey, fourth generation warfare was more of your physical alter altercations, a geographical disputes, insurgency. that sort of thing, insurgency. Whereas fifth generation is more narrative based to get the populace to act a certain way, to vote a certain way. And, um, you know, when you talk about demoralizing Basil, demoralizing the public, I see it as we are, we're, I believe we are coming towards the end so much that, the end meaning the return of Christ, that every topic becomes eschatological. This is something I'm going to discuss in Age of Deceit 4, but I think it's relevant to the conversation here, which is whether it, it, the mainstream media and the secular establishment and everything, they have their eschatology. Heat death, climate change, AI, like whatever it is, it's all, it's going to end humanity. That's the big play. So be scared. Hey, follow us. We have the key to unlock this and help you get through this death, right? And uh, it's fascinating to me because 
it, it, the ideology of the, the institution is to get people to follow along to their products and services that will assist in you know preventing that scary thing that they're putting out there, which more and more aligns with the core of Jesus's ministry, which was defeating death, the demonstration of rising from the dead. That is the and the death, the eschatology, the point at which we have not solved, you know, decay, death, entropy, and science and technology being where it's at. They're trying to reverse all that. They're trying to basically do what Christ did. And if you look at, it's interesting, it's a whole study that I've been doing for the film with keys and, you know, Jesus holds the keys to Hades and life. He's holding all these keys. And uh, it's just an interesting analogy to all the stuff going on here. But David or Troy, no. either one, uh, your thoughts on fifth generation warfare in the context of all of this, if you're familiar with the idea. Yeah, I'll let Troy go. And then I have something to talk about uh, in Europe and the farmers that was really key to what you're talking about. Troy, please. Okay. Well, yeah, uh, Gons, um, you know, it's very interesting, you know, these changing tactics that the elite are using. Um, you know, in, in warfare, I think what you're referring to in warfare, one of the tactics is, is to demoralize your enemy. And so in, in this case, our own government is trying to demoralize its people. And so, so what, what's the purpose of all this? Why, why is this happening? What is really going on behind the scenes? And, you know, for a dozen years, actually over, over a dozen years, I've been, you know, as a journalist, I've been investigating, are we really moving into these end time events that the Bible talks about? You know, I've done hundreds of interviews, read hundreds and hundreds of books, you know, researched tens of thousands of government documents, academic documents, just really delved into this. And, and to the best I can determine, we are indeed moving into uh, some point of, of what the Bible describes as the end times. There was like a, a Lifeway poll a couple of years ago said even nine in 10 pastors now see signs of the end times in, in current events. So there's this consensus that this is happening. And um, and so so why, why, why do we see all this like, you know, talk of World War III and and, uh, you know, we, we need to move into transhumanism. We need to merge with machines so we can overcome death. You know, Yuval Harari and, and, and people like that, uh, you know, Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum, these, these transhumanists. What, why is this all happening? I think what it, what it boils down to, it goes back to the spiritual battle that's going on between the forces of God and the forces of Satan. And the, the world is being prepared essentially for the arrival of the Antichrist. And the elite behind the scenes have a plan where essentially they want to, you know, gain control of the world, and uh, and you know, they would be like the elite transhumanist masters of the planet. And you know, there's a, you know, it could be a population reduction plan in play, and and you know, they they would gain control of this. And so the Bible in the Book of Revelation talks about how this what this might play out. And so we're everything we see happening is, is moving the world towards us. They want to create some kind of global government under which this, this dictator leader would have control. And in order to, to do this, you can't just like openly tell people this is what you want to do. There has to be massive deception employed to fool people. And that's essentially what we're seeing happening on, on a global scale today. Yeah. yeah. And to Troy's point, you guys, um, I was just mentioning uh, one of the key weapons the world the media is using as you both pointed out in this broadcast really the underlying um, weapon is fear we're they're uh, they're using the fifth generation uh, weapon of fear to polarize everybody to get them so afraid that they will give up all their security look what's going on right now in the netherlands it's really mind-boggling that the people in the netherlands their farmers are protesting it's all across europe right now start in the Netherlands, but yeah. um, the, the government of the Netherlands doesn't want the farmers to produce any more food. 
now that that's just the opposite of what happened prior to World War II, where they were encouraging everybody to produce food. But what's the purpose? They're saying that, um, yeah, Dutch farmer protests. They're saying this because of, of one factor. Uh, you know, emissions, climate control is a weapon. It's weaponized. It's fear. If you continue to produce uh Food, your cows are producing gases that are, you know, going to destroy the planet. But what I just heard a commentator say yesterday on this, who is a very smart guy, he was saying the Netherlands and most of Europe is using this as a to produce so much fear in people that they got to depend on the government, everything, lock, stock, and barrel. And how do you how do you have control over food of people? Food. Food. If you can't right. get food in your place, you're going to do anything. So food is a weapon right now used by the government to control the population. Just like COVID was a weapon unleashed on the world. I don't know if I should say that word anymore. I, I, I don't want you guys to get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, according uh, according to the World Health Organization, uh, uh, Colonel, you know, COVID was naturally occurring, and we would have no reason to think otherwise. <laughs> sure, thank a little you disclaimer. Correction. However, uh, there's a better, there's a worse virus coming that uh, they have already testified before Congress last year. PhD and doctor doctor said that the coming virus out of China is going to be 60 times more lethal than the, the previous uh, virus. Mm. Um, whether that's true or not, I don't know, but that's what they're, they're preparing us for more fear. Well, this book and the Bible, you know, your faith, uh, uh, your mission in God's army is not to be afraid because we are to place our trust in God, who is the ultimate control. The politicians are not in control of this planet. Satan is not control. God of the universe is in control of the entire universe. And if he has a mission for you, you're going to accomplish that. You're not going to die until your mission is complete. And so yeah. we're immortal until we're taking home. And then we'll be immortal for all of eternity. And so that you know that's the important thing to understand. We're not preaching fear. We're preaching faith. And faith is the opposite of fear. And so uh, in my wedding ring in the office I have inscribed choose faith over fear. And that's what the message we want to get to the people. Uh our weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're powerful, they're strong, and faith is a weapon. Prayer is a weapon. Um, you know, reading the word of God, the word of God is a weapon. So we have a lot of weapons in our arsenal that are much more. I just wrote an article yesterday. Troy just saw it. It's going to be published and said politics are not going to save the world. They're not going to save yeah. the U.S. No politician, no politics. It's going to be the people of God in unison fulfilling their assignment. I'm getting to preach here now, but fulfilling Amen. our assignments. We're going to fulfill that assignment. I am called to preach. I'm called to prepare the church. I'm called to warn the world. That's my calling. And everybody on this panel and everybody in my voice has a calling and assignment that uh, you will find and discover as you read through the book.
That's perfect, because my next question was going to be about assignment. Obviously, one thing that fills, uh, fills listeners right now with hope is the idea that they might have a role to play, which we all have a role to play, but uh, sometimes it's, it's not as easy as it sounds to figure out what your assignment, your role to play in this uh, sort of infinite uh, plan that is going on around us. Uh, tell us more about uh, what you suggest as far as people finding their assignment. What could those assignments be and how to uh, devote the proper uh, energy and resources towards their assignment? Well, if Troy doesn't mind, I'll kick this off and Troy, please follow on uh, with your thoughts. But the first and foremost, we wrote a whole chapter called Secular versus Sacred. A lot of people uh, who listen to me because I'm a, you know, I'm a minister, I'm a pastor, I'm, you know, a chaplain and uh, a person uh, in the calling of the church. However, in God's economy and God's assignment, there is no difference between secular and sacred. In other words, yeah. God is a calling for each of us. In wherever he's assigned you, it could be in Hollywood. We had Kevin Sorbo in the book talking about his assignment. It uh, could be on radio, TV. It could be, um, you know, in, as an oil field worker, okay? But your job is not your assignment. It's what you do. <laughs> you know, you, we all have to do something for a living. You could be a, a mom, stay-at-home mom, and that's your assignment. But within wherever you God has placed you, whether it's a doctor, a lawyer, whether it's a you know a blue collar worker, a FedEx driver, whatever it is, doesn't matter. God has an assignment within that context, and that assignment is this: first of all, you are assigned as a child of God. You know your first assignment or duty is to be, hey, I I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Before that, you really are not assigned by God until you cross the threshold into the heavenly sphere of saying, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. That's your first assignment, becoming a Christian, becoming a believer, becoming a follower. I'm not talking, to, I'm not talking about a churchgoer. There are a lot of churchgoers who are not believers, <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry amen. to say. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people go to church, but they're not really following Christ or not following the word. Troy and I have seen that all over the country, around the world. Okay. Yeah. But your assignment first and foremost is to become like Jesus said to Peter, follow me. We're to follow the Lord. Now church is important. Don't get me wrong. And we need each other. We're the church. We are the church. So the second assignment in your, in this you know, trajectory is find a group of believers that uh, love God and are followers so you can be encouraged. So, and then, then the third piece is finding out in this assignment God has given you, their weapons of your warfare. You know, as we train soldiers in the army and their weapons and how to use them, so God is in a process of training us. As we join others, you know, in this warfare, we join other believers, we learn what prayer is all about. We learn what the Bible reading. Look, uh, guys. 90, uh, a high percentage of people who call themselves Christian in this country don't even have a biblical worldview. Mm -hmm. I, I, and, and that's hard to, for me to say, but it's actually true. So well, part of that assignment is getting a biblical worldview, getting a, you know, what does Jesus say about all the things that you're questioning? And so 
your assignment is a, you were saying it's hard. Well, it's not hard if you start following the word of God and getting, becoming a Christian, a follower, learning your weapons, getting with a group of believers. And then within that context, God begins to say, okay, I've given you gifts. It may be a gift of administration, maybe a gift of uh, prophecy, maybe a gift of funding other ministries. It may be a gift of whatever it is that God is given as each of gift. My gift is the gift of gab. I mean, I can talk all, all day long. <laughs> I'm a preacher and I'm a writer and I'm a speaker. And Troy, you know, he's got gifts. You all have gifts. So discovering those gifts within my assignment. And then here's a, I could go on and on. It's a long conversation because it's all about the book. But as the assignments officer, as a chaplain, I had 1,700 chaplains. You know what? I gave them assignments according to their strengths. Who are Mm -hmm. these people? I'd look at their records. I'd look what they have done, what they are doing currently, and what they're going to do. Can they do that job? So God looks at each of us and has already in our DNA placed strengths, placed gifts, placed abilities, passions. You know, these are things that God can use in the assignment that he has given us and and throughout. So it's a lifelong process of developing our gifts, developing who we are, and using that in the assignment of being a believer on this planet. And our number one assignment, by the way, of all things, once you become a believer, is to tell others you're an evangelist, to tell others about Jesus Christ. Troy, your thoughts? Yeah, Colonel. I mean, in my life, you know, I first became a believer at age 11. All these uh, these Jesus people from Southern California showed up in my little hometown in Oregon in VW vans. And one guy, he had trained under Hal Lindsey at the UCLA Light and Powerhouse Seminary. He gave me a copy of the, the late great planner of this famous book about the end times. And so that, that planned the seed that was interested in Bible prophecy. And so over my life, you know, God's given me many different assignments. So I would pray, Lord, you know, show me what I'm supposed to do in life. You know, guide me in this situation, guide me in that one. So just pr- pray without ceasing. And the Lord just sort of guide you. He, he takes you into, he uses your gifts, use your talents in, in various ways. And so it's it's sort of similar for all of us. My my great-great-grandfather, Frederick von Schiller, he's the, the poet that wrote Ode to Joy, and, oh, which, wow. which Beethoven set to music in the Ninth Symphony. One of his, my, my favorite quotes is, there is no such thing as chance, and even the merest accident springs from the deepest source of destiny. And throughout the Bible, it talks about from the foundations of the world, God prepared a, a destiny for us. He prepared assignments. He prepared missions. And it talks about uh, the, the steps of the righteous are, are guided by God. So God has a purpose and mission. He has, he, in a way, he, ha- he has your whole life planned out. But you, you have free will. You can choose to go the wrong path. You can choose to go the right path. And if you go the wrong path and you choose to go back in the right path, he'll, he'll guide you in that. And so there, there's many different assignments he has for all of us throughout our lives. I, I think it was in 2016, my wife uh, suggested we start keeping a log of things that seem miraculous and supernatural in our lives. So every time we pray and it seemed like God intervened and something miraculous happened, I'd write it down. That that log's now grown to about 240 pages with like 280 entries of just miracle after miracle in our lives. Wow. That, that's, how, that's what God does. I mean, just a couple of years ago, my wife, she got severe COVID pneumonia, severe sepsis, acute pancreatitis, stomach bleeding, 
Uh, she was in the hospital for 17 days. The doctor told me she had a 50-50 chance of living. So our, our Battery Ministries prayer team prayed for her, our, our family, our friends, uh, our small group. And I believe God intervened and saved her life. And uh, she, she's, she's doing very well today. But then we got this gigantic hospital bill. And I go, Lord, how, how are we possibly going to pay this hospital bill? So we, we applied to the hospital, gave him everything we had, and they forgave the entire bill. So that's just one example wow. of how, you know, God will he'll put you in your assignment. He'll take care of you. He'll intervene in your life. You know, you just learn, learn how to walk and follow the Holy Spirit. That's, that's what this book is all about, is to help you, you know, find your assignment, find your mission uh, in God's army. Yeah, that's really you cool. Know, it's interesting, too, because uh, I've been in the ministry for pretty much my whole life as well. And this has always been a question that comes up with people who are looking for what God might want for them in their lives and what their mission is, what their assignment is. And it's it's funny because we can have such grand ideas about what kind of assignment uh, that we are meant for or what we are supposed to be doing. And, you know, part of it is if God has put that on your heart, that's probably uh, a good direction to head in. But as far as where you are now, if you want to know what right now your assignment is and what you can be doing to further God's kingdom on earth, look around. Look around. Where are you? Who? Who? What people are you uh, influenced by or influencing who's right next to you, uh, in your job, what's, what's your opportunity that moment, uh, to move forward with, uh, God's plan. You know, for instance, this podcast is not the biggest podcast in the world. It's not the most popular podcast in the world, but, uh, boy, oh boy, if we do not have such a specific uh, mission to a specific group of people who, uh, you know, other types of communication is not what they need. You know, our assignment is the sort of uh, funny little squadron of now I say squadron, but it's thousands and thousands of people, but there are thousands and thousands of people who uh, God has called us to and called them to us. Uh, so, you know, a good place to start is right where you're at. Yeah, good Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. And if I can follow on with Troy real quick, you know, uh, people want to know what their assignment in, in, in the Christendom or as a believer the most important thing, and I just read this morning, there's over a hundred verses in the Bible that says God wants to speak to you. But the question is, are you listening? And so we have to learn how to listen to the voice of God. He's speaking to us through his word, but he's speaking to us in our heart through the power and the, uh, the person of the Holy Spirit. And you have to learn that language and it takes time and takes patience but that still small voice will lead you it's the holy spirit and guide you because god says uh the sheep we're the sheep of his pasture and the sheep hear his voice that's scriptural if you're not hearing the voice of the lord then stop get on your face before god and cry out to him he will talk to you tell you what to do at this moment in your life that's right Amen. Now, Amen. there's 
uh, as far as timing goes, we are in interesting times. The times going on around us and current events and what's happening across the world. But also, the planned timing of your book has a very interesting connection uh, to something that I think people may have heard of in passing, but maybe lost track of, and that is the Great American Eclipse. Uh, so as far as God's timing is concerned, uh, can you guys uh, speak on the uh, release dates of your books and what's going on in the skies? Yeah, so uh, Basil, so um, your mission in God's Army is coming out on uh, April 16th. And then just like a, a little over a, a week prior on April 8th is what's called the Great American Eclipse. And so this this you know this very significant eclipse is is going to move across America in in a in a sort of diagonal line, and it comes seven years after a, what was also called the Great American Eclipse uh, seven years ago. That has another diagonal line where it crossed America, and so essentially these these two eclipses are now on April eighth going to form a gigantic X, sort of like X marks a spot in the middle of America. I think it's in Carbondale, Illinois also known as Little Egypt because of a famine that was there in the, in the past. And so this this gigantic X, you know, the Bible talks about signs in the sun, moon, and stars. And uh, uh, so, so we had this gigantic X, and I haven't confirmed this yet, but somebody had actually posted some graphics on Facebook that, that claim that one of these lines has all these towns called Nineveh, uh, and, you know, throughout of it. And another line has all these towns called Salem, which is a early word for Jerusalem. And so there's all this sort of biblical, uh, you know, connections to this. And there's going to be a lot of media coverage about this. Of course, been people who have traveled to go to go see this eclipse. And there's going to be questions, what kind of prophetic significance? And, and, you know, this is coming, you know, right before this presidential election. I have another book coming out with Pastor Paul Bagley called Revelation 9-11. That's coming out on March 26th. So for, and this wasn't planned. This, I ran late writing the other book. And so they're both coming out at the same time, right around the time of this eclipse. So, you know, what, what is God sending us some kind of, you know, message with this, uh, this X, you know, in, in the middle of America. Yeah. Interesting that we're all chatting it up on this new platform called X in America. <laughs> and we're just <laughs> wow. talking borders and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Pretty wild. Um, yeah. yeah. We'll have to look into that. I, I've known about this X crossing in the United States for a few years now. It's, it was a you know, big talk around 2014 and then everyone got distracted with flat earth. Uh, but yeah, stuff mm -hmm. like this was out there for a while. Um, so it's very interesting. I'm always fascinated by this type of thing and there's always uh, many sides to it. You have probably your occultists having some kind of significance for them. And then you have perhaps a biblical uh, significance to it. Although, you know, it's, it's hard to say, but you know, it's, we go through different times and periods that I, I believe it's, is cyclical and, and uh, right now is, is definitely, it feels like in the next few years, you know, the elite have been talking about 2030 for quite a while. I don't know what they have yeah. planned, but well, we kind of have an idea of what they have planned, but it seems to be, they, they seem to be rushing whatever they're trying to accomplish by 2030. So um, it certainly is leading up to some earth shaking biblical type of times. But I, I do want to mention, and this is um, sort of touching back on the fear conversation, if, if I can jump back to that. I was just thinking and processing yeah. that, that concept, and um, I, I was thinking, okay, part of being God's army in this context is to be fearless in the face of all this fear that's being 
projected onto us. And right. it brings me to a few passages, and this is a theme that comes up, and I've brought this up, and it's not, it's, it's not that exciting to talk about because, you know, it's just not the greatest type of message. Uh, but I think we can find something in there. Starting off, um, actually, let me start with uh, Revelation 6, the fifth seal. It talks about, uh, well, well, just let me read it from verse 9. And when the Lamb opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar of the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony they had upheld. So upholding the word of God in time of persecution, perhaps. And then Revelation 13 also echoes this in verse 7. Then the beast was permitted. They were The beast was permitted. I think this is God allowing this beast to be unleashed. Uh, permitted to wage war against the saints and to conquer them. And it was given authority over every tribe and people and tongue and nation. And all who dwell on earth will worship the beast, all whose names have not been written from the foundation of the world in the book of life belonging to the lamb who was slain. And so those who declare Christ as king, they're going to be, quote unquote, conquered, which I think is weird. And then, of course, Matthew 24, uh, sort of Jesus's words directly here, uh, you know, driving the point home, starting in verse nine. These all start in verse nine. Oh, no, they don't. Okay, that was, was a little tripped out by that. Okay, uh, the passage here, then they will deliver you over to be persecuted and killed and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. At that time, many will fall away and will betray and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and mislead many because of the multiplication of wickedness. The love of most mm. will grow cold, and we're definitely seeing that. Uh, but the one who preserves to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. So, you know, giving a, a loose timeline of what we can expect and part of our assignment. You know, we have our specific life assignments, but also the general memo that goes out is to spread the gospel and, until the end will come when we're done, you know, spreading it all around. And I've heard people from the pulpit uh, in my local church that I don't talk about this type of stuff normally start discussing, well, you know, we're really close to getting the gospel to the whole world. The Bible promises that Jesus will come back. So it's definitely a time when we, you can call it revival, but if it's a revival, it's definitely a, uh, you know, it kind of reminds me of uh, the uh, Grinch who stole Christmas. You know, in that in that movie, the Grinch steals all the presents. Right. And he's expecting this like sad, uh, the, the Whoville to wake up to sadness and chaos and all this stuff. But he wakes up and listens and everyone they're just singing Christmas songs, you know, and that's kind of how I feel about how God's army, how we will be as far as as the persecution comes down, you know, the the proverbial uh, head choppings, literally, that we're not going to be afraid of that. And that, that is to me, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, Colonel, but that is a, that that's sort of a military type of mindset to, to be fearless. Is it not? Well, you know, I've been in battle and I've had bullets sh shot at me and I know what war is all about. I've been in four different combat zones and, uh, you know, you, you do get afraid. Uh, that's just the way God created us. You know, when, bullets are flying by you, there is fear. Here's the thing, though. I never took counsel of my fears. I never said, mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to stop now because uh, I'm afraid. But the, you're exactly right. And, you know, people say, well, uh, we're not going to go through persecution because Jesus is coming back and we're going to be raptured. And, 
But they fail to remember there's persecution going on all around the world right now. And millions of yeah. people, millions of followers have already been killed for the sake of the kingdom over through the centuries and even in the last few years, more than ever before. So persecution is just part of being, Jesus said, is, look, he said, if they're going to persecute me, they're also going to persecute you. You're not going to yeah. get out of this unscathed. But here's the important thing to remember. And I think you hit it on the head, Gons. We don't have to be afraid because if this life is all we're depending on, then we're the most sorry of all people. But we are going to live forever and ever. They can kill my body, but I am not my body. When my body goes in death, either in persecution, martyrdom, or somewhere else, I'm going to live on forever and ever with Jesus Christ in that eternal kingdom that shall never end. That's my that's the promise, and that's my goal, and that's my focus. So whatever happens now is nothing compared to what's going to happen in the future. Yeah, it's that already not yet concept that uh, our late friend Dr. Michael Heiser always talked about, that we are already yeah. uh, part of the kingdom of heaven, but not yet because we don't have our eternal bodies our eternal state yet so which is a you know the, that whole conversation is so fascinating to me when it comes to transhumanism because i mean what are they trying to build here you know they're, they're trying to live eternally in this fallen state it's like i think you guys are doing it right. wrong but you know they're not going to listen yeah. to crazy christians over here but um any thoughts on that troy yeah just one thing that occurred to me is um you know the, the, the bible talks about it tells us the end of the story you know jesus returns he, he, you know, he banishes the Antichrist, the false prophet, and the, and the forces of darkness to the lake of fire. And, and then, you know, there, there's the millennial kingdom where Christ reigns on earth for a thousand years. And there's the creation of the new heaven, the new earth, and, and the new Jerusalem. This is the, the blessed hope of our faith, like the Colonel talked about. We, you know, we, we are promised if we ask Jesus to forgive us for our sins, uh, uh, eternal life. That, that is the gift of God to us. And, and that's why Jesus died on the cross. So we, we could be forgiven of our sins. And, and one day, the, the book of Revelation also tells us we're going to stand before God. There's going to be a couple of different judgments. And one of them is first for believers. Not that we'll be judged, but, but, but you know, what we did on earth will be, will be reviewed by Jesus and will, will be rewarded. And anything we did that wasn't, a, you know, such a pure motive, you know, within God's will will be, will be burned away. But the things we, we do with pure, pure hearts and, and, and do it because, you know, God has called us to do, we'll, we'll be rewarded for that. And so, you know, we, we should keep in mind that we will stand before God and we will be you know, reviewed for our life. And, and so when, when, that, when that day comes, we want, you know, the Lord to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And so you, you want to be doing in this life, what God has called you to do, your assignment, your mission, will, will be rewards for it. And so that, that's something to keep in mind all your life, that uh, so one day you'll stand before your, your creator and, and give an account. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, it really puts uh, everything into perspective. And perspective is something, again, in the context of a spiritual war, that is uh, invaluable. Uh, perspective and context as to our place in the world and, and who exactly we have on our side. I want to be, I don't know how long we have you for, I want to be respectful of your time, but uh, speaking of perspective and context, uh, can you give us kind of a 
your view from where you stand about kind of the state of the world, the state of the union, what, uh, what is the sort of broader, uh, battlefield look like and, um, how can we respond and contextualize ourselves in that? Woo, man, that is a big question. <laughs> Gotta get it in whole, there. <laughs> that's a whole nother show. It'll take an hour, <laughs> but I'll try to, first of all, um, if you look at back in history, World War One, World War Two, I think it's repeating itself again. Uh, the nations are being aligned for another world war. Uh, I see that in China, Russia, Europe. Uh, I was just talking to some people um, in a revival, actually in Florida. They're from um, Finland, from Sweden, and they're preparing for war with Russia right now. And Russia has plans on the on their battle books in a strategy that's been revealed. September of this year, they're going to go to war because they don't like NATO countries aligning uh, right on their border, which uh, Sweden and Finland are right there, and they're becoming they're now NATO countries. So we have that going on. We have China and Taiwan um, that's going on. We have North Korea. So we have the axis of evil: Iran in the Middle East. Uh, Turkey also wanting to reinstate the Ottoman Empire, and we have the United States that's been weakened so far, and uh, so and we have battles going on right now in in the uh, you know Persian Gulf and and Red Sea and you know battles for uh, commerce and a lot of oil tankers are not flowing through there right now because of the drones set by the Houthis and the Yemen Yemenis. So there's a lot of stuff going on, plus the World Economic Forum, plus, you know, we see that AI is starting to take over certain sectors of our economy and our world. Uh, we have the virus that may be, be launched in 2025. All those, then Tom Horn, uh, Dr. Tom Horn Skywatch talking about, a, you know, asteroid heading toward Earth, um, 2028, 29. So many things happening simultaneously. I see, as Troy said, all the signs of the coming of the Lord, the coming of the end of the age. You know, we have weapons now that we didn't have 100 years ago that could destroy the earth many times over. And now not just nuclear, they're experimenting with fissionable materials and, um, you know, nuclear uh, fission, fusion uh, those kinds of things that are, are incredible uh, promises for not just energy, but weaponry. We have automated drones, uh, AI drones. We have, you know, on and on the list can go for a long time. What does it all mean? It means at any moment, someone can push the wrong button and here we go. Uh, we are in it uh, uh, in warfare worldwide, plus famine, plus viruses, all that. Are you, are you sure that, we're not, not already in World War III? It sounds like we're already in World War III. I don't know that we're and waiting you know for it. Are saying, I'm on Newsmax quite often, and I, uh, I'm i in conversation with lots of people talking about we may be uh, in World War III already in a lot of different ways. We call it DIME in the military, by the way. DIME, diplomatic, informational, um, and uh, – economic and uh, military campaigns that's going on right now worldwide in the media and in our economy, you know, so there's a lot of stratospheres of war, you know, so in one context, we are in World War III. We have people that are wanting to take over the world. We have the World Economic Forum and Troy could talk more about that. So all that uh, the State of the Union is this, 
be ready, folks, because your redemption draws nigh. When Jesus said all these things happened in Matthew 24, he said all these things would be happening. Wars, nations of wars, and famine, and pestilences, and earthquakes, and plagues. He said, look up, for your redemption draws nigh. Amen. Amen to that. Incredible. I, I am curious, uh, since we have you on here, uh, Colonel, the um, a couple things. You brought up Russia. I, just as a side note, we reported a few—this is a couple years ago now, I think. It's been a while since you guys were on. Uh, but Russia was trying to clone an army of 3,000-year-old Scythian warriors— as, I don't know. This was on Popular <laughs> Mechanics. This was not, you know, this wasn't just some random thing. This Here is a Popular go. Mechanics article. Um, and so I, I've been, I, it's been on my mind a lot recently because we have the U.S. military, which uh, you know, recruitment is low. We have conscriptions in U.K. We have everybody preparing for some kind of actual uh, kinetic type of confrontation. And with something like Rush, a report like this, and I don't know if this is actually happening or what, what, do you have any information you can give us that you've heard through the grapevine about super soldiers and, and enhanced soldiers? And because, you know, as much as we would like to, for example, Basil, he's a, he's a prep, prepper genius over there. We got Basil's bunker that we're working on, you know, <laughs> making sure that we got all the products lined up. But, um, you know, that's sort of a more of a hunker down, defend your territory type of stance. whereas you know, allegedly these types of uh, military operations, especially with advanced technologies, I mean, you know, we, it's the whole uh, indistinguishable from magic. An advanced, any advanced form of technology is indistinguishable from magic type of situation we're in now. Any hint or anything you can give us as far as not just what the world is doing in, in super soldiers and enhanced soldiers, but what the U.S. is doing as well. Is there any insight? Well, I can tell you this, whatever you see in the newspaper, wherever you see on TV, you see all this, it's actually, there are 10 years ahead of what you yeah. actually see. Yeah. I have a top secret clearance still. Uh, I'll have it for the next few years as uh, I keep it for 10 years. And I will say this, um, the things that I have seen in advanced stages that no one else has seen is... Um, I mean, it will tell you, it will blow you away. I mean, I've talked to soldiers who were in advanced um, offices in the Pentagon that were leaving their bodies and astrophysically projecting themselves to top secret locations in Russia and China and coming back with their secrets. Um, yeah. You know, those are the kinds of things that are happening. Uh, you're talking about AI and drones. Uh, they're they're going to be in the future weapon uh, driverless tanks, driverless uh, navy ships, driverless. They already have airplanes, drones, and all that. And uh, right now, in fact, they they're working on a system and they're perfecting. They're already dropping out of uh, canisters of you know out of jets, F fifteen, X sixteens, twenty twos, and Raptors, and things like that. Uh, canisters of drones that have a specific mission, talking about your mission in God's army, they're pre-programmed, they can come and destroy everybody in a city or in a unit or, and leave their weapons in place. I mean, those are the kinds of things that are actually happening right now that, so whatever you can think of that you haven't seen yet, they're working on it right now. As far as Super Soldier, have you seen Tom Cruise's movie uh, um, where they're fighting aliens? And uh, they're using uh, advanced weaponry and robotics, and they're you know in uh, 
and super suits. Um, I forgot the name of the movie, but Tom Cruise, this, this is a few years ago that Tom Cruise made that movie. Well, they have those weaponries now where you can get in to a super suit and they have uh, Avenger type qualities. Can they fly, you know, with the stuff that they have in the movie, like the Avengers? Not yet, but they're working on it. And it's uh, soon to be coming to a neighborhood near you. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. Absolutely. It's like the, uh, I think it's Edge of Tomorrow. Is that the one? Yeah, it's just one of, them. It's one of my favorite movies. I forgot the name of it. But they have those suits. In fact, they got it from Hollywood and started working on it in military years ago. And uh, they are actually have developed. And uh, as you've seen, there's guys with the jet packs on flying onto carriers right now. They do that. Yeah. Um, right now, and those they have advanced models of that. It makes that looks like child's play. So yeah, there's yeah. a lot. Of so that that's interesting. You brought up jetpacks because, as sort of an adjacent to this as well, the the where was it? Somewhere in South America recently, there were Peru. some Peru, the Peruvian right. aliens. The Peruvian aliens thing, where somebody got slashed and, and all kinds of stuff. They were saying that there were gold miners with some hovercraft type of tech and terrorizing the locals there. But I don't really want to talk about that. I want to talk about the, the segue into the alien conversation in UFOs because, you know, in the last couple of years, especially the last year, we've seen David Grush come out and he's, you know, blowing the whistle. We've seen the, the whistleblower laws change to allow this kind of thing to happen. The media is picking up on the UFO story every few weeks. It's another trickle type of effect for some kind of disclosure. Uh, what do you think the, the play is you or Troy, maybe Troy has a, you know, a thought on, or two on that as well. Um, when it comes to the UFO topic, because it's, it's, it's just another topic where 10 years ago it was, ah, yeah, the, the George Tsoukalos crazy hair, ancient alien guy talking aliens and UFOs, but now it's, you know, government officials and <laughs> people in the yeah. military all coming out. So, uh, what, what's that? This, uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Gonzo, before Troy goes, let me just say this, they're prepping us. Okay. Mm. They're prepping us. We're getting prepared. Everything you see is has a uh, shelf life. They're prepping us for what's going to happen down the pike. That's that's what I would say right now, Troy. Well, yeah, I mean, just think back, you know, uh, even several several decades ago when I was a kid, there was, you know, UFO specials on TV. So for, for, for decades now, plus all these movies, you know, E.T., yeah. Star Wars, you know, on, on and on. There, there's polls that now show you know, especially even in Europe, that, that more people believe in the existence of, of ET and UFOs and all these things than hold a biblical worldview by three to four times. And so the, the world has been prepared, you know, for disclosure. And is this, are we really being visited by, you know, extraterrestrials? I mean, there's, there's hearings in Congress now, or is this interdimensional in nature? Is, is this, you know, are we dealing with uh, beings in a, in a different dimension? Which, you know, the Bible talks about it as fallen angels. Um, you know, some of these these aircraft sightings and UFO sightings, uh, they, they make maneuvers, like at sharp right angles and in, in you know, there's crash sites where there's no wreckage found, but they find like, you know, grass, and, and you know shrubbery and trees knocked down and things like that so there's there's something going on but you know most experts i've interviewed say that you know it's for any alien civilization to get here uh, it's, it's pretty much impossible that they could actually you know travel from even the, the nearest solar system to get to earth because it's such gigantic distances and it's so dangerous to travel with that kind of you know you know 
distances through space. And so there's, there's many experts now say, well, what we're seeing is an interdimensional phenomena. And so that's what the Bible talks about. You know, so could this be part of the great deception? You know, the, the, you know, the government, you know, reveals that uh, supposedly we're in connection, you know, contact of aliens, and now they've, you know, come to save us. Uh, they, they have a, a plan for humanity to save humanity. I mean, who knows what might be planned here, but, you know, just like the Colonel said, we're being prepared for something that they're not disseminating all this information, all these movies, all these TV shows, all this information for, for no reason that there's a, there's a purpose behind it. Yeah, it makes yeah, sense. It does seem to be, you know, that's, uh, it's always been kind of a conversation about, do we believe this David Grush guy? Do we not believe it? What's his deal? And he, he just tells you outright, you know, he's only saying what the government is allowing him to say. It is, uh, he, it, he, it, He's saying that he's he knows more. That, that was his it, last public thing. Was, yeah, I'm but about to write a book and tell more. So He's very explicit. He says, I'm only saying what the government is saying that I can say. And he's yeah. going through all the processes. So you can consider it just, I mean, it, it might as well just be considered official government disclosure. We're only hearing what they want us to hear and no more, yeah. no less. And I'm sure they have a plan for what's next. Well, guys, I've got to roll to another assignment myself. So um, great talking with you today. And we'd love to come back on. And uh, I don't know if Tori can stay, but I've got a, I got a, another interview i got to run to. Real no worries. No, no worries. worries. We'll let you go. Thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. It means so much. Make sure to head to Amazon to go uh, uh, get your copy of the book. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Any websites? Where should people um, get their hands on the book? Troy? Uh, yeah, so we, we both have websites, uh, TroyAnderson.us and DavidJGiamona.com. And we also have a, a newsletter, Battle Ready Ministries newsletter. You can sign up for that at BattleReadyMinistries.org, and you can order the books on there uh, also. There you go. Colonel David Giamona and Troy Anderson, thank you very much for your time today. And uh, yeah, thank folks, you. go check out their work. And there you have it, folks. I hope you are pumped up because this is might be one of the most important aspects of this ministry here at Canary Cry is reminding all of us as often as we possibly can that though things seem dire, though despair is the goal of the media and the powers uh, that rule our lives here on earth, the most rebellious thing we can do is keep focused on what's really important, spiritual eternity, uh, the spiritual warfare going on, and to push back every time the system wants to brand, uh, you know, Christian people, spiritually uh, Christ-centered people, uh, brand them as militant, crazy theocrats, whatever. Pushing back on that is always very important, but also keeping our sights on uh, the truth about the authority, the power that we have in Christ, uh, is something that cannot be overstated, Gonzo. Yeah, there's a couple of things I wish we would have brought up with the conversation, but you know that always there's happens. Always you get to reflect, more. yeah, reflect on a couple of things uh, after the fact. There's, um, you know, the Battle of Jericho was a sort of a non-violent type of militant. Uh, oh, example, you know, yeah. uh, as well as Gideon's army, sort of an underwhelming army that God uses to... Uh, Psych 
Gideon, Gideon's army is kind of a fun biblical story about psychological warfare. I know. That's why I, I, I wish I would have brought it up because it's it's in the context of what we were talking about a little bit. So I don't know. There's there's plenty of, uh, as uh, Colonel David Jamona said, that there, there's a lot of uh, military analogies or, or literal military type of situations in the Bible. So it's definitely uh, something to consider and yeah. you know, go check out the book to learn more. And I think it's more relevant than ever as yeah. we continue to yap on and on about fifth generation warfare, <laughs> which is not your traditional type of warfare. It is barely even kinetic warfare. It is warfare in the information domain, in the minds of civilians, de- uh, you know, deconstructing a country, demoralizing a country from the inside out by winning in the battlefield of the minds and the hearts of, of uh, its citizens. I mean, as, as far as the military analogies, uh, whether explicit or sort of metaphorical in the Bible, are concerned, that's all represented there. The yeah. battle for the minds of citizens, the uh, fifth-generational information warfare, the psychological warfare, these are all things that are present in the biblical uh, talk uh, and militant language, and we must not let the mainstream set the standard, set the definition for what God's army means, what spiritual warfare means to each and every one of us, that is uh, sort of in a way, the five, fifth generation warfare sort of consent problem with how the media is handling these things. And so it must be said, it must be said clearly, and it must be said uh, with, with uh, definition, definitively, rather. Uh, okay, well, I just, uh, again, we hope you guys enjoyed that. We will be back, God willing, uh, with another interview next Friday. And... Let's see here. Oh, yes. Speaking of fifth-generation warfare, value for value is very interesting. It holds a very interesting place in the fifth-generation warfare, Gons, mm-hmm. because in a way, it is its own type of battle. Yeah. Uh, economic warfare is a big part of the fifth-generation warfare. We've seen the U.S. Uh, wield that weapon very powerfully over the decades, and value for value disconnecting from the system that's been created that caused all the problems with the media in the first place we're taking no money from corporations commies our cartels folks the entire war chest of canary cry comes from people who get value from what we do and want there to be more so if that's you Uh, with your time, your talent, or your treasure, wherever you feel called, whatever your assignment is, go to canarycry.support to learn more and uh, participate with us. Raise your rebel yell uh, as far as, you know, not consenting to the twisted system uh, that sells your attention and your trust for the personal gain of corporations. Anything to add? No, I was. Uh, that's well put. The uh, Thank and you. we can ramble on and on about value for value and how that is a form of uh, fifth generation warfare. But I, I I don't know if you caught in the conversation, Basil. But right. if I'm not mistaken, I believe they said that they had Kevin Sorbo write yes. a little something in the book. Yeah. Now, would that be a cherry on top of 2024 if we can get Kevin Sorbo on Canary Cry Radio? Gonzo. 
I might have, I there have been pathways that mm-hmm. have revealed themselves over the past year, maybe mm-hmm. even two years, where there is a very real pathway to us being able to get some time with Kevin Sorbo. I have not trod that pathway in quite some time, but mm. uh, there is a possibility that we could uh, that we could get the man himself, the Sorbs, the Sorbotron, on the show. Maybe are even you, just uh, for a little, just a little hello. Yeah, are you talking about a, a different uh, path? Because if there's multiple paths, we can really. Yeah. Do you have a path? Oh, you mean uh, with these two fellas, Troy yeah. and yeah. Well, I don't know if they are a path or not. I'm talking about a different one, but <laughs> maybe we have they maybe we have two paths. Yes, that's, the that's paths will saying. converge. <laughs> that's the 2024 mission statement for Canary Cry. Get Kevin Sorbo on the show. <laughs> We've finally done it. We found our purpose, our assignment, and that is to interview Kevin Sorbo in 2024. Yeah. I think it's possible. I, don't I think it's think. possible too. I don't know That's if it's going to happen, but we, we'll have to do some work. I think we'll have to pull some favors. We'll have to uh, pray that the Lord reveal uh, each step of that path as we go. But uh, hey, if there's any producers out there who have a pathway to Kevin Sorbo, <laughs> let us know. We got to activate the whole gang. So. He was Hercules in my childhood. Every weekend watching he was, Hercules. He was on everything. Television. Yeah. He was everything. <laughs> All right, Kevin Sorbo, thanks for listening to this episode of Canary <laughs> Cry Radio. And uh, make sure to tune in next time. But until then, think outside the cage. Should we send this to Kevin Sorbo? <laughs> <laughs>